Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Hi, welcome. This is the Dick Morris Show with Doug DePiro, sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. Did you hear the news broadcast on this station about five or eight minutes ago? Did you hear they quoted Barack Obama as saying to solve the problem, you have to understand the problem in the Middle East and that nobody's hands are clean Hmm. and that we and that we have to recognize the the ref, the Palestinian uh, Palestinians living in an intolerable situation, and Israelis living in a, a intolerable situation. Right, but they could fly in on on yeah. parachutes and, the, and shoot kids in a uh, concert. This uh-huh. concept of moral equivalence, and this concept of both sides are to blame, and we have to uh, balance the situation, is anti-Israel and anti-Semitic. Is Barack Obama finally coming out and showing his true colors? This guy has always been against Jews and always been against Israel. Right. And now we finally see it in in a clear, clear way, as clearly as we can through his rhetoric. He's a piece of garbage anyway. Now, um, there is a brand new uh, poll out by CBS News. I just got it a few minutes ago, which is fantastic. They asked people, and I believe CBS News is co-sponsored with the New York Times. They asked people, would you be, would you expect to be better or war, worse in your personal finances if Trump is elected or if Biden is reelected? <laughs> and they said better under Trump by 45 to 32 and better under Biden by 19 to 48. <laughs> so two, two and a half to one worse under Biden. Four to three better under Trump, and do you think financially is that this is economic financially? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And do you think we're more likely or less likely to get in the war under Biden? More likely forty nine to twenty three, under Trump less likely thirty nine to forty three. So that is absolutely incredible. That is wonderful, great news. More than just a head to head, it shows that deep when you go down, you really see tremendous. Uh, resonance of the messaging. Now, Donald Trump made a proposal this week that is absolutely revolutionary. It's one of the best proposals I've ever heard, and I'm so excited about it. And as usual, the media gave it some coverage, but not a lot. Mm -hmm. But man, I want to shout it from the rooftops. It's Trump's plan to circumvent the leftist campuses. Hit it. Hit it. I like that. That's a new code. The, the Trump way is a plan he just announced to set up what he calls the American Academy, which would, st- and I'm reading from the statement now, which would stand as a non-woke 
educational institution, an alternative to colleges, really, mm-hmm. offering credits to Americans for free and would be financed by taxing, fining, and suing excessively large private university endowments. Trump said, noting that the U.S. spends more money than on higher education than any other country, and yet we're turning our students into communists and terrorists and sympathizers of many different dimensions. We can't let this happen. It's time to offer something dramatically different. We will take billions and billions of dollars that we will collect by taxing, fining, and suing excessively large private university endowments. And we will then use that money to endow a new institution called the American University, a world-class education available to every American free of charge and do it without adding a single dime to the federal debt. In 2017, Trump imposed in his new tax law, imposed a 1.4% levy on the investment income of the nation's wealthiest private universities. And in 22, 58 universities paid a total of a quarter of a billion dollars under the tax. So there's precedent for it, and it can be done. Trump said the American Academy Institution would cover all bases, offering the highest quality educational content, covering the full spectrum of human knowledge and skills, and make that material available to every citizen online for free. That's spelled F-R-E-E. Wow. That includes history, financial accounting, skilled trades. Trump promised to deliver those things properly via study groups, mentors, industry partnerships, breakthrough in computing. Describing it as a top-tier education option, Trump said it will be strictly non-political with no wokeness or jihadism allowed. Trump said the American University would also compete directly with existing and very costly four-year university system. By granting students degree credentials that the U.S. government and all federal contractors will henceforth recognize, emphasizing that it will award the full and complete equivalent of a bachelor's degree. Further, Trump said the American Academy will also assist Americans, and this is probably a lot of you listening, who have some college credit but no degree. By granting credit for past coursework, ultimately giving them the chance to complete your education at the American Academy for free and much more quickly than is now possible or available. Wow, that is... Isn't that revolutionary? Let me tell you something, Dick. You know me, what I do, my art and building and making. I've taken so many classes all my life from when I was 16 to now. I have tons of... Never graduated anywhere. It was always like an apprenticeship type of thing. Yeah. That, that would, this would help me. I don't know where. <laughs> yeah, look, look at how you turned out. I think my, yeah, we, we let's not to, talk about me. We need to reconsider that let's program. Go, let's go back on that. <laughs> I demand Oops. a recap. But, <laughs> but the point is that this is Thanks. a proposal to circumvent, circumvent the academic establishment in America. That's so great. In other words, circumvent Harvard and Yale and Columbia and, all, and community colleges and all of them with their leftist professors. Go spout your poison someplace else, guys. I love it. We're setting up the American University that will compete with you, be free, defeat you, and the way it's going to be financed is by taxing your endowment. <laughs> I this, love it. I mean, this is the, this is the guy this we is need. This is so cool. I learned about this a few days ago when I was briefed on it by one of his people, and oh, my God, it is just incredible, unbelievable. Free college, forget free community college, free college, free grad school, 
free law school, free business school, and credits that are acceptable academically. And if some of the academic professors don't like them, well, the government and all contractors will be legally bound to accept these degrees as the equivalent to the degrees of Harvard or anywhere else. Good so, man, oh my God. Trump. So, Good call, man, boss. Call in, guys. Let me know what you think. This is... This is just absolutely incredible. Yeah, we're in Argentina right now. Kevin, can you send me another image just to check my uh, thing? What, thing you don't like your current image? No, looking at you, no, I people, don't. People no. Think I mean, highly, I love you, but not like People that. think highly of you. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you think you should embrace you. I got friends image. in low places. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Okay. All right. When we come back, what is the end game, E-N-D, for Joe Biden's candidacy? <laughs> Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Hey, welcome back to the Dick Morris Show with Doug DePiro, sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. Hello, Dick. It's always an honor. Biden's dropping in the polls dramatically, and the one I quoted earlier is is so decisive and interesting. And I think he's going to lose, and and I think he may even be forced off. The the Democrats may even come up with an alternative. So how would that work? Now, this is bad news for the left, and I hit it there. Yeah, breaking up is hard to do. Um, but here's how the Democrats might do it. They have Biden on the ballot now in all of these states. And in some of them, and he's, he thinks he's unopposed. He's got, uh, He's got Phillips, Dean Phillips, the Democratic congressman from Minnesota, who's running a brilliant campaign, saying, I love Joe Biden, I love what he's done, but he's just too feeble and too old and too sick and too demented to serve a second term. And everybody knows that, and I'm running on that. And I think he has a tremendous capacity to get votes. He also is opposed by Marianne Williamson, who I know personally and really adore, Mm -hmm. Who, um, who's uh, a wonderful person. But um, you got to assume that he probably wins these primaries, if, if only because if, even as a ghost. And the question is, what do the Democrats do with him? He wins, all, wins the primaries, he gets the delegates, and he's sitting there getting renominated. And the Democrats want to get rid of him. How did they do it? Well... I posed this question to my friend John McLaughlin, who you've heard a lot on this show, and he's been on TV with me a bunch. Brilliant. And and congratulations came, for your thing, John, last week. Yeah, he was the, just uh, honored by the uh, Conservative Party of New York State uh, with the Jim Buckley Awards. He never so given deserves to a it. better person. Great, absolutely. So John had a wonderful, incredible idea that is really insightful, and I think telescopes or telegraphs what the Democrats may have up their sleeve. I think that 
Biden may well run for president and not announce his withdrawal <laughs> right up to the start of the Democratic Convention. <clears throat> and that way he'll have a huge pile of delegates and he can basically appoint the nominee. No primaries, no contests, no vetting, more importantly, of the Democratic candidates. And then he can announce he's going to withdraw. Right. And then he announces he's pulling out and the delegates are free to vote for whoever they want. Right. And they don't have to talk in the primary to get the primary. Exactly. About they don't the stop the CRT and precisely. all this. Right. They can skate through the primary without taking positions on anything. Right. And they get the nomination easily. Now, they're not going to agree on who should get this nomination easily. There will be a food fight. <laughs> and the progressives will oppose the blacks, who will oppose the establishment. And you can kind of predict who the four or five candidates are going to be. Probably Bernie Sanders and Gavin Newsom from the left, uh, Pete Buttigieg and Gavin Newsom from the establishment, <coughs> and um, and uh, Cory Booker from the blacks, and uh, probably uh, and, and maybe even Hillary Clinton. And you don't know who's going to win that. That's that's not a primary. That's not something where you have to take positions. That's what you call a shoe in. Yeah, whoever wins will get will it'll be a, an immaculate nomination, which will save them from answering all your questions. That's right. Nobody will have to say how they feel about reparations, about critical race theory, about men competing scary, in women's Dick. sports, about affirmative action, about uh, any of these things that would normally be devil a candidate who would newly enter the Democratic primary. And, um, and, and I think they'll, they'll, they'll be able, they'll certainly be legally able to do it. Now, our counter move is, of course, that there's a guy named Donald Trump who defines the new candidate. Right. And when the new candidate runs, uh, he's gonna have to, def there's gonna be a race to define him. And we're gonna win that race. You know, it's, it's a little bit like, Let's say you, you're planning an offensive, and it's a top secret. It's absolutely secret. Nobody knows about it. The enemy doesn't know about it. But you can't bomb and shell in advance because that'll tell them that the attack is coming. Mm. So when you do finally get out of the trench and you do finally yell charge and attack, you're facing an opponent that has not been depleted at all. <laughs> and that's what the Democrats would, would face because uh, it would be a, a stealth nomination. And then you can go to town absolutely destroying the guy that gets nominated. Well, that's going to have to also debates. They're going to put off debates. To debates, the near yeah. End. Well, uh, they then can't, they can't get away with avoiding debates. Mm. But my point is that, that this is, this is a viable scenario as to what the Democrats, I think, are planning to do. Now, in the meantime, that means that uh, Biden will continue to drop in the polls. They continue to let him drop, uh, because, uh, because that's, that's the plan. And I think that there's a very good chance that that will happen. Uh, it just makes so much sense to me. And you heard it here first, folks. Um, Joe in Long Island has a question for us. Hey, Joe. Yes. Hi, Joe. Uh, hi. Hi, Joe. I, hi. I just wanted to, I'm sure you know. Hello? Yes. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah, as I'm sure you know, they're claiming that Trump committed insurrection and they're using that as an excuse to remove him from the ballot. But my my uh, question is, since there's substantial evidence that Joe Biden engaged in bribery and treason, why don't the Republicans have him removed from the ballot? Well, it's a nice fantasy, but it's as crazy as the Democratic fantasy that they can stop Trump from being on the ballot. Nobody's going to be removed. We're just going to win. Thanks for your question, though. Good insight. Let's go to Sal in Staten Island. Hey, Dickarino, Duggarino, and Chrisarino. Get get Dickarino, Duggarino, and Chrisarino, and get uh, Christian Arino a raise. We know John Cassimanis, God bless him, could afford it. Yeah, we're going to pay him on the fourth floor. That's the raise. But go ahead, Stan. Go ahead, Sal. Christ, Christ Jesus said, when two or more are gathered in my name, I am there. Let us all pray to Christ. Yes. That he protects the good people in Israel and around the world. And we get our American, Israeli, and Italian hostages back. And Hamas is exterminated. Absolutely. And AOC, Tlaib, and Omar should be thrown out of the Senate, out of the Congress. And and Tlaib and Omar should be be deported. So, Sal, thank you. Thank Uh, you, Sal. You know, Trump got rid of ISIS. Let's go to Donald in New York. Hi, Donald. Is your last name uh, Trump by any chance? That's my middle no, name. No, no, <laughs> no, not yet. Hi, <laughs> uh, Mars. So, yes, I, you know, a comment on this American Academy. It, it's yeah. quite brilliant, and I'm glad uh, President Trump picked up on this. You know, and, and it's just, it just reminds me to very much. To my knowledge, of, President Trump invented it. Uh, I hadn't heard from anybody else about this idea. It certainly wasn't mine. And the usual suspects. Don't fess up, and I think this is Donald Trump's right. idea. We'll have to find out. But go ahead, Donald. This, this, uh, this, let me comment. This reminds me of Jordan Peterson's uh, concept of the Peterson Academy, which is which was uh, scheduled to open this month. Actually, it's a brick and mortar in Miami, and then also a, an online presence. And and you know, I'm sure you know who Jordan Peterson is. Oh, he's yes? amazing. He's the guy who ran for president. No, no, I've been I've been playing his videos for you the last couple of weeks. Who is he? That guy with the AI stuff. Oh yeah, right, right, right. It, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, we good. did it with Luis. Yeah. Whatever. Yes, so go we ahead, do. Donald. No, so so his point is that you know, and that's how he got went to war, or they went to war against him the, with the left, because they, even though he defined himself as a traditional liberal, he says that the the, the left has destroyed the university system in the United States and kind of internationally, you know, by this one sidedness, et cetera. And and so he he left the University of Toronto, and Good. he said that his plan was to to start uh, his own uh, university. Initially, he thought it would be free, but then. As it comes out in the past few years, he said he put it together and he said a high quality, you know, um, yeah. education which should cost no more than four thousand dollars. And he and he put together this this world class group of of academics, you know, maybe right. on a rotating basis. Okay. Uh, well, Donald, thanks, but you know, and, and your, your namesake Donald Trump is really doing that, and I just think it's fantastic that he's doing it. So, thank you. Um, now. When we come back, uh, even the Arabs are quitting Joe Biden. Uh, a poll shows that he's losing popularity even among American Arabs when we come back. 
It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. Well, uh, <coughs> I'm into what John the Cat just said. Yeah, that was great, He's John. Absolutely right. Um, so uh, welcome back to the Dick Morris Show with Doug DePiro, and we're sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. A new Arab-American Institute poll, okay, and that those are not liberals. <laughs> uh, a new Arab-American Institute poll finds that only 17% of Arab-American voters say they'll vote for Biden in 2024, a staggering drop from 59% in 2020. This is from pollster John Zogby, who I respect a great deal. Zogby says the damage isn't limited to Biden. Just 23% of Arab Americans identify with the Democratic Party, marking the first time they do not claim to prefer the Democrat majority does not claim to support the Democrats since the institution began tracking it in 1996. Those identifying as independents rose to 31%, the highest it's ever been. Well, when Biden starts losing the Arab vote, uh, you know that he's he's got a little bit of trouble. So let's listen to what they think. Hit it. Hit it. You tell them, Linda, spoken on behalf of the Arab American Institute, only 17% of them say they're voting for President Biden. That's amazing. It sure is. It's unbelievable. Absolutely incredible. Let's go to um, Judy in New York. Hi, Judy. Hi, Judy. Uh, Yes, sir. I'm wondering about the vote uh, that's uh, coming up uh, that we're already voting for. I see mention of uh, who's running for city council seats, but not the judges, not the DAs, and not the two proposals. One for, uh, I think, getting rid of a local school council and by by regionalizing it into a neighboring one or ones. And the other one, I guess, is, um, let's see about voting outside of the budget for some water project? Mm. Okay, well, if the water project is the second water, the, the, the third water tunnel, uh, th- that's very expensive and very needed for New York. <clears throat> we currently have two water tunnels, and if one breaks down, we're in very tough shape. We'll die of thirst. So the idea here is to have a third one so that we have a double redundancy. And that's been kicking around as a proposal in New York since I was involved in city finance. And um, it's badly needed. Now, about the uh, other proposal, I don't really know the details of it. I believe that the, each school boards should be elected. And I believe the people that vote for them should be the parents of kids who are actually in the school. Oh, I agree with that. And I think we should have at least one or two seats, perhaps a majority of the school board, elected by parents. Mm. 
now the argument is that, well, taxpayers have a dog in that hunt too, and they should be able to vote on it. But I think given the leftward bias of the school boards, let's give parents a chance to weigh in on that. I'm sorry, Pat, I don't know the, I, I see you're from Indiana. So, so it, oh no, I'm sorry, Judy from New York. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry that I don't know much about the candidates. So, um, you know, I can't, can't help you with that one. Let's go to Pat That's in Indiana. That's a first, Judy. That's a first. Yeah. Let's go um, to Pat in Indiana. Hi, yes. Pat. Hi, Dick and Doug. Hello. Have you had any indication from Mike Johnson that he's uh, planning on uh, impeaching Joe Biden and Kamala Harris according to the Constitution and not no. waiting for all the information that um, uh, James Comer is digging up to become uh, finalized before he goes goes for impeachment? Yeah. I think I think that would be a mistake. I think impeachment is necessary, it's inevitable, and we have got to do it. But the the you know, we're not gonna get him thrown out in the Senate. Just put a disclosure. Democrats no. are gonna sustain him. What I want is a nationally televised, covered by the networks impeachment trial mm. of Joe Biden with all of these comor evidences and stuff I reveal in my book, uh corrupt the inside story of Biden's dark money. Get all that stuff out there so people can understand it and read it and digest it. Because if they did, they would never vote to reelect this guy. Uh, but you can't rush that process. The, a lot of the investigation is ongoing. Uh, for example, they just got the authority to subpoena Joseph Biden's bank accounts. And they'll get them and they'll take a while to go through them and trace the labyrinth that is his finances. Uh, a maze designed to avoid disclosing anything, and um, and we need to let that happen. We need to let that process run its course. Uh, to to cut it off prematurely would would be a mistake, I think. Uh, let's go to Copelman in Manhattan. Hi, Copelman, Mr. Copelman. Uh, yeah, hi. Uh, Rudy Giuliani uh, a few days ago said that a major reason why Trump was defeated in 2020 was uh, fraudulent absentee ballots. Yeah. And uh, what, if Trump is the nominee, what is Trump going to do about this? Does he have the infrastructure? To yes. Be, it's going to go down again. Yeah. The Democrats will do anything to win. Yep. Well, first of all, what we're doing on the absentee ballot is in states where the Republicans control it, which are several of the swing states like um, Pennsylvania, uh, North Carolina, Michigan, it's split, requiring that the last four digits of a person's Social Security number be included on the ballot so that we can make sure that it's not fraudulent. Uh, there will be some fraudulent ballots that go through because – the Democrats control the counting and the rules in a number of these states because they control the legislature. Um, the best way we can avoid it is by overwhelming it. Uh, there's something called the statistical margin of error that, as a pollster, I have to respect. And now I think we have some, what I call the statistical margin of stealing. <laughs> and uh, with the leads we now have throughout the country... Uh, we can avoid the, losing this election through fraud. You can steal half a point. In some states, you can even steal a point, but you can't steal five points. And 
that's that's where we're at at this point. And we're also we have something we're working on. Guard the vote. Yeah, with General Flynn. We're working hard with General Michael Flynn, he's great. who uh, used to be uh, Trump's national security advisor, and he's absolutely incredible. And he is working hard on a brilliant concept, which is he's swearing in deputies, mm-hmm. a sheriff, a sheriff deputies, who will have legal power to make arrests and to stop and to intervene in the vote count. And he's lying. And, pay, and, the, and paid also. That's the thing. Yeah, they got to be paid. I got to get the um, the funding, the fundraiser that he has. You know the. Uh, so, let's I'm let's gonna... follow up on uh, Copeland's very good idea, and on the future show, let's have General Flynn on to describe this operation. It's very right very now. impressive. Um, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about gags. And I don't mean jokes. I mean the gag orders on President Trump. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, hi, welcome back to the Dick Morris Show. This is Dick Morris with... Doug DePiro beside me and uh, Patriot Gold Group sponsoring us. Uh, <clears throat> the gag orders that are being imposed on Donald Trump are absolutely horrible because they subordinate free speech by the leading candidate in the middle of a presidential election to the procedural requirements and concerns of judges who are worried that Trump will say something that might intimidate witnesses or people that are telling the truth. Uh, it is absolutely horrible. First of all, it's arrogant as hell to say that your proceeding, your indictment, your trial should take precedence over people deciding who the president of the United States needs to be. And Judge Chutkin, the, uh, pr- the judge in these, these trials, has done the impossible. He has asked Trump to foresee the future. Chutkin imposed a gag order this month after Special Prosecutor Jack Smith called for it. In her ruling, she said the order will remain in effect while Trump's legal team appeals it. The order bans Trump from making any public statements or directing others to make public statements that target the special prosecutor prosecuting this case or his staff. Oh, God, no, don't talk about us. Let us just talk about you. Let's get all the negative information on Trump, but nothing on the people who are bringing the investigation or the defense counsel of their staff. For goodness sakes, don't talk about the lawyers and their corruption and the other clients they've had. And please, not any of the court personnel or other staff or other supporting personnel. Oh, no, don't don't go after any of us. Okay, we know all that. But in her ruling, she said, or for any reasonably foreseeable witness or the substance of their testimony any reasonably foreseeable witness or the substance of their testimony. Trump's claims, Trump's claims that his supporters have a right to hear what he says, and, and, and he stands by it. But Judge Shetkin says, this does not alter the fundamental principle that First Amendment rights, whether those of the speaker or the listener, may be curtailed to preclude statements that pose sufficiently grave threats to the integrity 
of judicial proceedings. Free speech, constitutional guarantee of free speech, may be curtailed to preclude, meaning future, statements that pose sufficiently grave threats to the integrity of judicial proceedings. Amazing. And it can be anything. It can well, be a parking ticket or a littering summons. Right. And just as long as a judge says you can't talk about it, you can't talk about it. And these gag orders are completely they're in a category by themselves because you can't talk about the gag order while you're under the gag order. <laughs> so we'll never know the background of any of these court officials any of these any of these defense attorneys and any of the witnesses who are testifying against Trump it makes a difference if they're paid for by al qaeda or if they uh, are card holding members of you know major democratic unions and, right, right. and of leftist organizations that makes a difference and we should be entitled to know that so that's where that's where dick morris comes in but she says that, that does not alter the fundamental principle that First Amendment rights, whether those of the speaker or the listener, may be curtailed to preclude statements that pose sufficiently grave threats to the integrity of judicial proceedings. Oh, yeah. We're not okay. talking about national security. We're talking about she can have her trial, she can call her witnesses, and she can do it in the abstract, in the dark, without telling any of her people about it. Yeah. And Donald Trump not only has to police what he's saying now, he has to police what he's going to say, what's going to happen in the future. He hit it. <laughs> Break a leg. So you're supposed to you're supposed to anticipate who's going to say what against you, anticipate what they're going to say, and you can be ruled in contempt of court and slapped with a, a violation as a as a felon uh, for incorrectly saying something that you that's going to be said by somebody in the future, <laughs> maybe. And it may be this or that. Wow. Welcome back, Hitler, Mao. and Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one thing to say a statement about somebody that said something already or somebody that's already out there. But to anticipate it? In other words, he's got to go through the, the census of the United States and look at everybody that might say something nasty about him and exempt them from any criticism or any aspersions on their character or anything else. I'd like to know how Shetkin explains that he's going to do that. Now, during the last break, uh, responding to the question from, I believe, Kimmelman, maybe getting your name yeah, wrong, Cop sir. Copelman, I think. Copelman. About the uh, uh, guard the vote with... Uh, Doug called General Flynn and, he, and has stuff to report to you. Yeah, he gave me this uh, fundraiser uh, thing, site. And it is, and this is the most important donation you can make right now, i got to tell you, probably the most. Um, FightLikeAFlynnPack.com. Fight, like let's fight, like a Flynn, his name, F-L-Y-N-N, Pack, P-A-C.com. FightLikeAFlynnPack.com. And what he'll use this money for 
is to set up a staff of deputy, a set of people who are deputized to be sheriffs in the jurisdictions where the votes are being counted, who can go to the polling place not as watchers for Trump, volunteers. not as observers, not as volunteers, but as deputy sheriffs who have been deputized to oversee the process. And now this will only work in jurisdictions where Republicans control the office of sheriff. But that's the bulk of these jurisdictions in these swing states. And he's picking all the people. So it's an amazing attempt, uh, really, to assure honest elections, and it needs your support. So give me the the thing again. Fightlikeaflynnpack.com. Fightlikeaflynnpack.com. Incredible. Thank you. Please donate. Now, um, we're all talking about Hamas, and, and thank goodness we are. But there is another actor just as bad as Hamas, in fact, maybe even worse, and nobody is talking about him. And I'm going to out them on this show. Qatar, Q-A-T-A-R, one of the Gulf states in the Persian Gulf. And Qatar gives Hamas... $30 million a month and is the basic financial source of Qatar's revenues. Uh, Turkey and Qatar are both major supporters of Hamas. They harbor their leaders. They hold political offices. They have political offices from Hamas in their country. Turkey's been described as Hamas's second largest base of operations after Gaza. Istanbul, Turkey's capital, is clearly Hamas's funding capital, its finance capital. Qatar is probably the biggest bankroller of Hamas, and it's the harbor of Hamas and other radical Islamist movements. Qatar bankrolls Hamas. Today it's the largest financier of Hamas, maybe even given more more than Iran. Between 2012 and 2021, Qatar gave approximately 1.8 billion U.S. dollars to Hamas. And since 2021, it seems to have escalated its funding from what it previously was to approximately $360 million a year, $30 million a month. Iran's a piker by comparison. They give Hamas $100 million a year. So recent estimates estimate that Qatar's funding actually outpaces that of Iran. Yet Qatar remains a major non-NATO ally of the United States. You see, there's in NATO, which is about 30 countries. And then you can be declared a non-NATO ally, which means you're not admitted to NATO, you're not bound by the treaty, but you're saying you are an ally of the United States and you're entitled to certain excellent treatment for your travelers, your leaders, and everything else. Just a couple of days ago, Israeli National Security Advisor, excuse me, I can't get this name right, but Hanagabi, tweeted out a tweet in English and Hebrew uh, praising uh, Hamas for the role it's playing on the issue of hostages. And so Qatar is playing a double game here. They're trying to say we're being useful in getting the hostages out, so don't move against us, while at the same time we're funding Hamas. Some Israeli analysts liken it to an arsonist who tries to play the role of the firefighter who first of all sets the fires and then comes along and says, how can I help you put them out? The Hamas chief, the head of Hamas, is Ishmael 
Haniyehu, Haniyehu, H-A-N-H-A-N-I-Y-E-U, H-A-Y-E-H, I'm sorry, Haniyeh, who has resided mostly in Duhai, the capital of Qatar, since 2012, and the political bureau of the Islamist movement is located there as well. In one broadcast, Hamas chief Kahil Masao, who also enjoys a luxurious lifestyle in Qatar, thanked the radical cleric for his support of martyrdom operations, alluding to the fact that the cleric had given religious cover for suicide bombing. Now, there is a right of reply, and the website that posted this uh, contacted Qatar, Q-A-T-A-R, pronounced Qatar, and uh, they issued this statement in their own defense. Following publication of this article, the person in charge of Qatar's public relations in France asked that we provide this clarification. Qatar is not a financial backer of Hamas. It provides aid to Gaza, and the destination of the money is crystal clear. Qatari aid to the Gaza Strip is fully coordinated with Israel, the UN, and the U.S., and provided in coordination with Israel and the U.N. Qatari aid provides $100 million to the poorest of Palestinian families to pay for food and basic medicines and extends electricity for a period of one day in Gaza. Its aim is to help maintain stability and quality of life for Palestinian families in Gaza. Sounds which good. Which the Israelis got that kind of security. Hmm. Now, when he says that this is done with the cooperation of the he says it's done with the cooperation of the UN. Right. The UN is represented by the United Nations Council on Refugees, which is basically a front for Hamas. They run, they, they, it's the UN byline, but it's Hamas. Hmm. And they are dedicated, not like any of the other offices that the UN maintains for refugees around the world, who are designed to, who are dedicated to solving the problem, eliminating the refugee status and reabsorbing them into some other country that will accept them. Instead, they do the opposite. Their propaganda, their publicity, their money is all designed to keep the cause of martyrdom alive and convince people who live in Gaza that Israel preempted and took their land and it's their land and they're entitled to move back. You're entitled to walk in and take over two-thirds of Tel Aviv because your great-great-grandfather owned that land. And uh, no courts recognized it. The chain of title is in no ways clear. And to say it that Qatar is coordinating with the UN is like saying they're coordinating with Gaddafi or somebody like that. Uh, This is absolutely in no way uh, legitimizing. I yeah, mean, but the useful idiots will read that and say, see, look. And to say it's coordinating with the United States is even worse. Right. Because the U.S. has maintained the flow of money to Hamas for a long time. Now, what really happened was that the Biden administration and uh, before it the um, Obama administration decided to try to use Hamas to defuse the issue in the West Bank. And uh, in contrast to Hezbollah that they've opposed, they said nice things about Hamas and has given Hamas money. <clears throat> but now the snake has bitten them and bitten the world, and they understand that this is all a horrible, horrible bargain. And uh, they're finally beginning to understand that and realize that. So the... Uh, 
So I think it's very important that we understand that it's not just Hamas, it's Qatar also, and that, that we understand who is responsible for this. And the United States is an ally of NATO. Uh, they're, they, they, NATO is protected by the – Turkey is protected by NATO. And Turkey is as complicit as Hamas with the aid that's being given to these guys. And um, that's a serious situation. And with all the focus on Hamas, uh, Turkey and Qatar are getting an absolutely free ride. When did that come out, what you just read before, about the uh, uh, the money going to Gaza? Well, just, uh, just yesterday in two days? It, in the media, yeah. That's what I mean. But, That's uh, what I mean. but the, uh, the fact has been there for a while. Yeah. And Biden is very complicit with it because they needed an entity to be a legitimate democratic vehicle, diplomatic vehicle, to represent the refugees. And uh, they've designated Hamas as that. So they give it a status. And right now, Biden is busy appealing to Hamas to help negotiate to secure the release of the hostages. Yeah, they paid for the army that took the hostages. Yeah. They ordered the policy that ordered them held, and they controlled their fate and can kill them anytime they want. And Biden is appealing to them to please, please, please help us free these hostages. So, Like he was begging for oil yeah, last so, year. So when you understand Qatar and Turkey, you understand the importance of this song, Hit It. We'll return to that after the break. Thank you. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. So it's very important. This is Dick Morris. Welcome back Hello, Dick to my Morris. show and Doug DePiro, my friend and associate and advisor and, uh, and sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. So we have to understand that when we direct our fire at Hamas, there are two, two entities that are equally deserving of our condemnation, the country of Turkey and the country of, Qat- of Qatar, Q-A-T-A-R, pronounced Qatar. And uh, these guys are major funders of Hamas. And, in fact, Qatar gives Hamas more money than Iran does. Qatar gives Hamas $360 million a year. Iran is a piker at only $100 million a year. So these are the absolute supporters of the terrorist operations going on in those countries. And, uh, and in Qatar, to make it even worse... That's where all of their leaders live. That's where they're sheltering. That's where they're escaping any arrest for the consequences of what, they, what they've done. And uh, we have to include that. We have to understand these countries are our enemies and that we've got to be aggressive with them. Now, Qatar has masqueraded as a friend of the United States. In fact, as I said, it's declared a non-NATO ally. 
And that is horrible. They are as bloodthirsty as the as Hamas is, and they're enabling Hamas. Hit it. So there's a new kid in town, and that is Qatar and Turkey. And we have to understand that these countries are enemies and no longer declare them allies, no longer work with them. We should expel Turkey from NATO. We should withdraw from NATO if Turkey is not expelled. Uh, to have Turkey and NATO, given what it's doing now, is as outrageous as to have Hamas in NATO and is damn near the same thing. Now, Sandra in New Jersey told me that she's gotten a video from Gaza, and she'd like to... Ronnie Pearl, our friend, has gotten a video from Gaza and wants to talk about it. Sandra? I I do want to... Yes, I do want to talk about it. But first, I have to say, as usual, last night you had on something that I needed to see to change my sadness to happiness. Donald Trump made me laugh. I don't laugh very easily. But he had me in stitches last night, thanks to your show that yes. you had of him. Being, but I'll tell you what I, I'll tell you why I was sad. What, what Sandra's referring to is that um, there's footage where Trump uh, finishes speaking, and he says Biden doesn't even know where he is half the time. So he said, "Biden, imagine Biden's on the stage." He pointed to his right and said, "There are stairs, and to his left, and there are other stairs." And then he turns back to the audience and said, where am I? And then plays the tape of Biden saying, where am I? Where am I? Oh, yeah, and, we have that yeah, dump. I think that was that was so cool. But go ahead, uh, Sandra. Go ahead, Sandra. Sandra, did we lose you? Yeah. Okay. Now, I want to take up a, a new topic that, that will you'll find very important. How is China using our colleges and our students to spy on us? Very, very important information. Thousands of Chinese nationals come to the U.S. every year, and they enter on various pretexts, various visas, most of them sincerely planning to study and to work in the United States. But a great many of them are, are coming to spy on us. And I'd like to tell you the story of a Chinese national. Uh, we'll call him G J I, and uh, he and he is one of those that I think we need to worry about. 
G entered the country on an F-1 visa to study electrical engineering at the Illinois Institute of Technology, where he ultimately earned a master's degree. Then CNN reports G was approached by a high-level Chinese intelligence officer who presented himself as a professor at Nanjing University of Aeronautics and Astronautics. Xi would funnel him background reports on other Chinese civilians living in the U.S. who might be pressured to serve as spies. In this case, the strategically critical U.S. industries of aerospace and technology. And he would lie to U.S. officials about it, according to complaints filed by FBI investigators. In the complaint, FBI agents said they discovered 36 text messages on one iCloud account that Yi and the intelligence officer allegedly exchanged between over a two-year period. And after he graduated in the third year, Yi enlisted in the U.S. Army Reserve under a program in which foreign nationals can be recruited if their skills are considered vital to the national interest. Yi's case has been linked to the indictment of a Chinese intelligence officer named Yu Wanjun, who was arrested in Belgium for allegedly stealing trade secrets from U.S. aerospace companies. He's the first Chinese intelligence officer to be extradited for prosecution in the United States. And the problem is that the U.S. Is, US students and colleges are so intertwined with Chinese spying that it's very hard to separate them. And it's very hard to separate those who come here legitimately to study and those who come here with bad intent. I want to interrupt myself for a minute. John Tobacco from the uh, show Wise Guys is on with an interesting comment. Hey, John. Hi, John. Hey, Dick and Doug. Good morning. Great show. Good afternoon. Thank you. So, What's yeah, I, uh, I've been listening in the car, just uh, finished up work, and I was uh, want, I told Doug that... Um, you know, we had spoke about these uh, wind turbines, the green new energy deal on Wise Guys, and then you came on. We talked to you a little bit more about it, and then you made a much bigger deal out of it with Kara on. Um, and in the last two weeks since you decided to talk about it, um, Orsted, who we talked about in extensively, their financial backers, Orsted um, had two different projects, one in Long Island and one in uh, New Jersey, shut down. Um, because the legislatures of both said that they wanted price increases, just like we talked about. They wanted to yeah. charge consumers more money. Um, well, good. So two wins for the good guys. Thanks to yeah. you, Mr. Well, you That's too, so John. That's so great. That's you great. You too, John. I mean, we have to understand that these supposed solutions to climate change involve major increases in utility prices, major risks of technical failure, Major danger to the environment. Like I said, we're going to have a choice between the wind, the windmills and the whales. And, um, it, it's just such a, uh, such a ripoff to believe that these can be done scot-free. But let's yeah, it was sure, it was sure interesting when we went out to one of these, uh, community board meetings in New Jersey about it. It was so weird, Dick, because you had people who are usually save the whales, right? right. And now they're also, you know, tree-hugging environmentalists. So they're pro the, – the usual Save the Whales crew are now pro-windmill crew. Um, and it was kind of ah. interesting cultural shift, you know yeah. what I mean? 
They want the green more than they want the whales. Tying themselves into knots. You want to Um, save the world or save the whales? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So uh, let's go back to China. Thanks for calling in, John. Thanks, John. Hey, guys, always listening. You guys are great. Thanks. Now, behind these spies that are coming into the United States posing as exchange students, China is giving hundreds of millions of dollars to American colleges and universities. Number one, to accommodate these students, getting them to let them in. And number two, to propagandize people so that they understand how great China is and how terrible the U.S. is. In just a six-month period, from January to June 21, interest based in China contributed over $168 million to 46 American colleges and universities. $168 million. And, you know, these schools are, are, are very anxious to get money. They're desperate for fundraising. And you dangle this kind of money in front of them, and they'll do anything that they have to to get it. And uh, some of them have leaned over backwards to be so cooperative to China and to uh, the various Chinese interests. For example, Northwestern University has a campus in Doha, the capital of Qatar, and has received hundreds of millions of dollars in foreign donations. One of its instructors appeared as a guest on NPR's On Point show and said that Hamas did not kill any women or children in the most recent attacks. Oh, really? What uh, did N- they say? NPR had to pull it, saying it did not meet their educational standards. And $6.5 million that's sloshing around the treasuries of these colleges and universities has not complied with the requirement to release the specifics of where their money is coming from. We'll talk about this all when we return. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the Hi, you're back with the Dick Morris Show with Doug DePiro and sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. So we were just talking about the 300,000, 360,000 actually, Chinese exchange students who are led into the United States each year. And despite proof that there is widespread espionage and sabotage connected with these folks, and the uh, Democrats are uh, doing nothing to screen them and sabotaging the efforts to try to cleanse them to be sure that there's no spying going on. So hit it. Let me in. That's what they want. Now, you know Burgess Owens, some of you have seen him on TV, a Republican congressman from Utah who's black, uh, is chairman of the Higher Education Subcommittee. And he's introduced a fantastic law with two or three good co-sponsors. He wants to impose significant fines for noncompliance with foreign funding transparency laws for our colleges. As I said, there's $6.5 million that they've received and they won't identify the source. 
it would also mandate more disclosure about any gift to a university. The only penalty that exists right now if you don't comply, if you don't report a foreign contribution to your college, is that you have to pay attorney's fees for the guys who outed you. But there's no real penalty. There needs to be imprisonment and serious penalties to make this law enforceable. And the Burgess Owens Act would also well, create... Give me, a, give me an example of some of the foreign aid sent to these uh, schools that you that's bad that we're worried about. Well, there's vast amounts of money. Uh, Harvard, the Ivy League colleges in particular, have received massive donations. As I said, $168 million has been funneled by foreign governments to U.S. universities and colleges, and much of it from China. And we are trying to keep tabs on that. We're trying to make sure we know who sent them. But we don't always know that because the... Disclosure requirements are weak, and the enforcement of them is much is even weaker. And that's why this bill is is yeah, key. That's why we have to do this bill, um, and uh, and it, it's it, we are literally opening ourselves to spying by these exchange students. Let's go to Pamela in New Jersey. Hi, Pamela. Hi, Pamela. Hello. Hello, we got gotcha. you. Gotcha. Okay, there was a weird sound. Um, we already we we know we're saturated with with spies to the point of such disgust. We still have those five Iranian spies running around in the government. Yeah, sure, they were put off on, on their job, you know, paid leave or whatever. Yeah, right. right. But what we have to uh, for every spy that is doing their thing, there's a contact, there's a traitor that let them enter. And we have to go back to capital punishment for for, uh, traitors. We must go back to execution. Well, I'd settle for jail right now. I like uh, Pamela's version. uh, Treason, you know, hanging. hanging. But but clearly they're going crazy. What's important to understand is that whenever a Chinese student is allowed to go to the United States by the Chinese government – they basically are recruited to be influencers. Uh, rather than going to the expense of having trained spies attempt to infiltrate U.S. universities and colleges and businesses, a CIA officer says Chinese intelligence services have strategically utilized members of its student population to act as access agents or covert operatives. And uh, and, and there's an, an incredible amount of this going on. Wow. A senior official at the NIA notes that the close contact between Chinese and American students at U.S. universities makes espionage easier in a world where we're training their scientists and engineers and their scientists and engineers were already good on their own. We're just making them able not to have to toil the same amount of time to get the capabilities that test that, that equal ours. Uh, he points out that Chinese students didn't just come here to spy. They came here to study, and a lot of it is legitimate. But there's no question in my mind, depending on whether or not what they're doing, that they play a role for their government. Yeah, and then when they're without, at a, without a doubt, any time a student graduates, any time a graduate student from China comes to the U.S., they are briefed when they go and debriefed when they come back. For example, the U.S., uh, thousands of Chinese nationalists come into the U.S. each year, and they're absolutely vehicles 
super spreaders for espionage. And then even if, if, instead of some of them going home, they get into our system. They get yeah. a big job, they're making money, and then they're spies right. forever. It's you know, not for anything but uh, Pamela. You know, let's talk about the uh, corporal punishment. Right. Right. So they used to be hanging. All right, you're, you're against that? Hang them by their thumbs. <laughs> 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 you know, for 10 years, that's all. That comment is from our criminal justice correspondent, <laughs> Doug DePierre. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. Whatever. So now, while this is going on, Joe Biden abolished, abolished a program set up during the Trump administration to counter Chinese espionage, saying it amounts to racial profiling. The three-year-old effort known as the China Initiative was being, is being cast aside largely because of perceptions that it unfairly painted Chinese Americans and U.S. residents of Chinese origin as disloyal. Quote, by grouping cases under the China Initiative rubric, we help give rise to a harmful perception that the department applies the lowest standard to investigate and prosecute criminal conduct. Now you just appropriate, you just assign lower priority to Republicans um, and prosecute more easily. But Republicans have been fighting that and fighting to re-establish this China Institute that Trump set up uh, to be developed, to be divided into a joint initiative to try to stop uh, spying. Republicans sought to disclose information about foreign nationals working on military-funded research programs at American universities where Chinese spies are known to steal proprietary research. Indiana Republican Congressman, and by the way, Senate candidate this year, Jim Banks, increased pressure, that increased pressure on American universities that partner with China on sensitive projects. His bill says the Pentagon would have, would have to publicly disclose the identities of all individuals working on government-funded projects, including the date and place of their birth, the country of citizenship, and their immigration status. Naturally, the White House opposes it, because, quote, it will impose a significant increase in disclosure requirements for university research funded by the Defense Department. But there is, we, we have no program to stop the Chinese from spying on us. Hit it. Well, back to Burgess, Burgess Owens, right? He's, he's the one. Burgess Owens' bill is key to that. Great, right. Say it in my hand there. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Burgess Owens of Utah, of Utah has been absolutely key in this, and it's very, very right. important. How's it doing on that? It's probably, we're going to pass the House, and then they'll negotiate. But um, the legislative process now is you have one chamber that says yes, and the other says no. Mm. But when they reconcile, they have to take account of both, and at least we'll get half a loaf in the process, mm-hmm. which is which is very important. Okay. Let's go to Sandra, who we cut off. Hi, Sandra. We didn't cut you off, Sandra. Okay. Hi, Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> I know you didn't cut me off. No, the point I was making is at a time like now, it doesn't hurt to have a president like Trump with a sense of humor that can make you laugh because right. we're going yeah. through sad times. Right? We're going through sad times. So Ronnie Pearl 
our dear friend sent me a video yesterday, and I was sad the whole day after that. And I'm going to tell you what I witnessed. And they took it off my phone, and they took it off her phone. So it's huh. gone. But what, but what I witnessed was an execution of 20 people, innocent people in Gaza, who wanted to leave there and go to wherever, but they were punished because they wanted to leave. And they take one person at a time, and they walk them near this grave site. Their hands are tied behind their backs. I don't remember if their eyes were covered, but the man with the gun lifts his knee all the way to his chest, sticks it out, and kicks them into the grave. Oh, then when he sees him moving, then he gets shot. So that's just the first one. You know how many times this went on? 20 times I witnessed this. Oh, now, uh, that's right out of Auschwitz and Dachau and mm. all of the concentration camps. Oh, Absolutely. That's right. I, the Holocaust is coming back, folks, and it's coming back with the support of American colleges and universities. Right. Uh, who are right. doing everything they can to cloak it and make it socially acceptable. And, and Biden's Chamberlain. That's why uh, Trump's proposal to circumvent the higher education system we have now with one that does mm-hmm. not involve woke and jihad mm. is such an important one. Thank, Thank you, you so Sandra, much. for calling that Thank horrible you. video welcome. to our attention. When we come back, we talked a lot about illegal immigration. Well, there's a lot more immigration going on. People leaving New York State. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. This is Dick Morris Show. Welcome back with Doug DePiro and sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. You know, we just had a lengthy discussion, I think a very good one, about the infiltration of our universities and colleges mm-hmm. by Chinese spies disguised as students. And uh, this information is all brought to you in my new book, Corrupt, The Inside Story of Biden's Hidden Money. And uh, I reveal this, I go through it in detail, and I talk about the legislation sponsored by Burgess Owens and others to stop this from happening, to police us, to begin, not leave us naked and open to these Chinese spies mm-hmm. and saboteurs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, Doug uh, was in touch during the break with General Mike Flynn, and he's setting up an election integrity operation that involves deputizing Sheriffs it's going to take a in lot precincts of money. where there is uh, a significant chance of voter fraud. So tell them about that. So we have a fund that uh, the general has, and it's uh, fightlikeaflynnpack.com. Fightlikeaflynnpack.com. Please don't need to listen. There's a, there's a new class of refugees in town. Those who flee New York State, and twelve percent, twelve percent, one out of eight New Yorkers has left New York in the last year. This is seventy-seven WABC, and this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you, and 
Back on the Dick Morris show with Doug DePiro, sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. So like I was saying, a new class of refugees are not in Gaza. They're in New York, where 215,000 people have left New York State in the last 12 months. Now, that's not a net figure. Many others moved in, too. But 12% of the population hung it up and said, I'm out of here. Get it. There must be some way out of here Say the joker to the thief There's too much confusion I can't get no relief There's And while that's happening, New York State is busy talking, is busy echoing the theme by Frank Sinatra. That's yeah, Billy Joel, by the way. New York State of Mind is climbing into the moving van and kissing it goodbye. And saying, you know, what we should have done, I guess we'll do in the future. Maybe if you can, can you get me Johnny Paycheck, take the shove and shove it? <laughs> I think that more effectively captures the, the theme of the people who are here. Can you imagine that statistic? 12% of the people in New York State have moved out in the last year. 91,000 went to Florida, 75,000 went to Jersey, and 50,000 went to Connecticut. My God, literally 215,000 people in the city of 8 million. Unbelievable. And yet the legislature cruises on, nothing's happened. Hoko still runs and gets reelected. And they go on on their merry way, raising taxes, um, targeting wealthy people, and doing everything they can to, uh, to undermine the economy of the state that swung them that they're responsible for. It is just, it's ridiculous. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the gag order imposed on Donald Trump. This is 77 WABC, and this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in Hello, everyone. Hi, everyone. This is Dick Morris. Welcome back to the Dick Morris Show. It's Doug DePiro, sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. You know, Europe has been touting how great it is on climate change and how it's way ahead of the United States, and they've recognized this threat way before we did. Well, the UK Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, announced this week a delay on the ban of the sale of new gas and diesel cars. The ban was originally going to take effect in 2030, and now, whoops, it's not taking effect until 2035. Tonight, the people need more time to make the transition. And well as that, he's also delaying the deadline for moving away from gas boilers to electric uh, heat. And uh, people there apparently also need the ability to 
adjust to higher electric bills and to worse service. Um, and I hope they're able to do that. Um, now, earlier in the show, we talked about the importance of, uh, of the gag orders that are being imposed on President Trump, where literally he is being told that he can't comment on anything that anybody is now saying about him or anybody who's saying anything bad about him. He can't comment on them. He can't attack them. He can't tell the truth about them. He can't comment on his golf game. He can't tell the truth about them. And Judge Shukin prohibited him from, from criticizing or making any public statement directed at any reasonably foreseeable witness or the substance of their testimony. In other words, Donald Trump has to put on his, his Indian headgear and uh, be uh, get in front of a, uh, a crystal ball <laughs> and predict who's going to say what about him. It isn't nice. And then he has to do negative research in fiction, fiction and come out with a statement rebutting the hypothetical criticism that hasn't happened yet, and he steps over the line of him in jail. That minority report. And then the judge said this most horrible statement I can ever imagine. She said that to claim, Trump's claim that his supporters have a right to hear what he says, quote, does not alter the fundamental principle that First Amendment rights, be they those of the speaker or the listener, may be curtailed to preclude statements that pose sufficiently grave threats to the integrity of judicial proceedings. And what are the statements? You can't criticize the special prosecutor. Remember how when I was there, Trump savaged Ken Starr and yeah. exposed him very aggressively? You can't do that now. You can't tell the truth about it. And Starr? No. That's back in the Clinton oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, sir. You can't do that now. And you can't point out that this special prosecutor has lost four or five major corruption cases. You can't point out that his prosecution of U.S. Senator from Alaska, Ted Stevens, was thrown out by the court because the Supreme Court said that he falsely and outrageously did not provide the defense counsel with the information that the that the prosecution testimony they cited had been recanted. And they not only threw the case out, they suspended Smith, the special prosecutor, from uh, taking on any, any new cases in the Justice Department. It was only after the suspension was lifted that this guy got assigned to us. Uh, also, uh, he has just also there's a long history of uh, Democratic donations by his wife and uh, of activity in Democratic issues. But so we can't talk about him. We can't talk about any defense counsel or their staff, anybody in their law firm, or any of this court staff or other supporting personnel. Come on. So, so you know, we have free speech in the country except if you in any way criticize or oppose Donald Trump. Let's go to Joanne in Westchester. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Joanne. Guys, anyway, you have chock full of info today, I'll tell you. Um, I, okay, just real quick, three quick, three quick sentences, because you've mentioned so many subjects that I want to talk on, but I can't. Um, I don't have the time. You won't let me. Um, but as far as Donald Trump, first of all, I'll address that one. The word is, I can sum it up in one word, and it's called afraid. That's how afraid they are of this one man, that they mm -hmm. won't let him talk about anything. 
They are just, it is yeah, sickening. Man. It is disgraceful. It's unconstitutional. It's un-American. That's number one. Number two, I wanted to just go back and get your opinion on, um, on um, uh, what's his name in um, Pennsylvania there? Uh, well, first of all, Qatar and Sorry, Egypt. Qatar and Egypt, where do you think Oz fits in with not wanting to give up his um, – see, I always liked Dr. Oz, and I thought that, of course, we know he should have gotten in before the other guy. But wh- what do you think that's mm-hmm. about? Okay, number two, and then I'll hang up in a minute and you can answer. I'm and sorry, the only other thing is – One, I didn't quite get it. Well, I'm sorry. Okay, as far as Qatar and giving all the money that they do, main supporters yeah. of Hamas. And Dr. Oz being Egyptian and refusing, therefore, to give up his citizenship. He has a dual citizenship, as oh, you Dr. know. Oz. Um, yeah. Well, come on. Don't, don't give him a rep for that. He's not involved with Qatar. Uh, there's a difference between Qatar and Saudi Arabia, where he was involved. And um, no, that's not a fair rap on him. Uh, but what is a fair rap is that the diplomats from Qatar are closely involved with Americans. They go to all of the same uh, dinner clubs. They're members of the same group, peer groups. And wink and a nod, don't worry about the stuff I Which Americans? Well, I think that the problem is that Americans, many of whom you and I know, mm. have been very involved with Qatar and uh, don't recognize that they're dealing with one of the most evil countries in the world. Mm. And they uh, and they pass it, pass it off. Uh, we have a very good friend who is very involved with Tiger, who's a strong advocate for Israel. And and she would just flip out if she knew some of the stuff that we're talking about now. Let's go to Richard on Long Island. Hi, Richard. Hi, Dick. How are you? Um, I, in regards to the gag order, uh, they granted him a stay. Obviously, it's unconstitutional. What I was curious in your opinion, do you think whether it be in uh, with that gag order in New or in New York City or any place else that he will ultimately prevail and be able to have his free speech? Yeah, I don't know, um, Richard. I've told Trump my view is that he's going to lose in court and win at the ballot box. That these liberal judges in the Democratic courts are going to reverse him time after time. And he can't go running to the Supreme Court every hour. And, but he's going to win decisively at the ballot box. You just have to savor for a minute the unbelievable phenomenon that's going on now. Unprecedented, unpredictable, and unbelievable. That a guy gets indicted four times. He has two full-time prosecutors after him. Ugh. In addition, he has a civil case accusing him of fraud in his business dealings, in his business empire. And that case has been decided that he was fraudulent. The only thing that we're looking at now is the amount of the recovery. And with all of this happening, he's gone from 40% of the Republican primary vote to 52. And wow. he's gone from two points ahead of, Donald, of uh, Joe Biden to five points ahead. I mean, this is incredible. It literally defies gravity. And I do not have a bit of faith in the criminal justice system on this issue. I do, however, have a lot of faith in the electoral system. And and we also have, once again, quite like a flamepack.com. Put money into that, and we'll get people to really watch out for these polling booths and Jennifer, fight like a Flynn 
Pack.com. And we've heard on Staten Island has some interesting thoughts on that. Hi, Roberta. Hi, Roberta. Roberta. Well, she asked, can the military guard voting booth? There we go. And, yeah, they could, but the military would be under the control of the National Guard. Oh, And that would be under the control of the Democratic governors in most of these states. For General Flynn, that's our military. Well, that's why Flynn is resorting to the the alternative of deputizing people running the sheriff's office. And that's where the money, that's where we need the money, you know. The, the the military, the National Guard, is controlled by the state. But the deputies are controlled by each sheriff. And the fact is that in the United States in the election of 2020, Trump carried almost 90% of the counties. The 10% he lost are the most populous ones, but almost 90% of the counties. And this means that we can use the county sheriff as a tremendous opportunity for policing these elections and making them legal. And in the event we find stuff that is illegal, uh, we can litigate to the uh, sheriff's offices, but we also can expose it. And the expose will not be by some Republican operative or, uh, or partisan, but by a deputy sheriff who's been deputized for that fact. And, you know, you said this before to me, and I asked the question, Matthew, most populist one. What does that exactly mean, most populist one? When you say that. People. Oh, 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 I thought there was some, oh, I thought there was some code. Yeah. You said some code word. Let's get into the <laughs> Oh, really? Oh, so. Hey, Joe, how are you? Hi, Joe. We're not getting our callers. Hello? Okay, well, Joe asked me. Hi, yeah. Joe. How are you? All right. How you doing? Uh, uh, thanks for taking my call, Dick. So uh, quickly, I just want to mention that uh, uh, a couple of things. So uh, that's great what General Flynn is doing. I'm, I'm very, very excited. I think it's definitely a long time coming. And uh, the next thing I want to say is the media. The media pounded Trump, his, his whole presidency. We all had to witness it. It was sickening. There has to. No, this is this is. Hold on, Dick. This is war. Okay, they are an they are a tank for the other side, and we have not found an answer for them. And we have to have an answer to that military tank that kills us. And what we have to do yeah, is so we, we do. have a lot of rich rich people on our side that have to. We have to start forming our own. We have them, but like CNN has to be bought out. Casamitidis was toying with it. Uh, if we get one more uh, uh, one of the networks uh, uh, that's floundering. We need to put our money, if we want our country back, we have to invest in media, and we have to get our message out. Um, and then the last thing I have to say is as far as the, the, the Gaza Strip goes and stuff like that, everybody's so shocked about why these kids are uh, have that uh, uh, you know are taking that side. It's very easy. It's white and black, basically. What it is is that uh, Jewish people are no longer uh, protected. You know, they're not. They're considered rich white people, and 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 the other side are brown people, and that's the way it is, and that's the way I look at it. Same thing. And a white old old lady, eighty years old, gets hit over the head. They're they're. Why is everybody shocked that they're taking the side of the criminal? Yeah, but, that's the, that's basically the way they look at it. Bear in mind that we're now getting thirty nine percent of the Latino vote for Trump, and I'll bet if you exclude the California Latinos. 
who are a separate breed of species because they have a different immigration. Surely, mm -hmm. from the because the California whites so opposed them and didn't want to let them learn English in school and all kinds of horrible things they put them through. The rest of the country wasn't like that. In Texas and Florida, they received Hispanics with open arms. Right. And I think that we are going to carry the Latino vote, and we're going to be uh, we're going to get maybe a third, maybe more. Wow, of the black vote. So don't don't say this is racial. Now that you are that should push us over over the edge in his side, wouldn't it? It's going to push the Democrats over the edge. Oh, and you know, us over the top, right? <laughs> the uh, but but in terms of the other stuff, look, the way we'll get the media to stop going crazy is to uh, win the election, and then to vote with our remotes, uh, change the mm -hmm. channel. You've got two networks here that are very aggressively telling the truth, um, and they, they're they accessible to all of us, and we can easily watch them. And the very pluralism of the media guarantees ultimately its integrity, and uh, that's what we can do. We don't need to prosecute them. We don't need our own gag orders. Let's leave these gag orders with the New York courts that say that they may curtail statements that pose grave threats to the integrity of the judicial process. Let's leave it to that. You know, the more I hear read about this the, this case, particularly the so-called civil case in New York, the more it reminds me of my cousin Vinny. <laughs> Have you seen that? Well, my husband, Al Pacino, is in, no. is it, in New York. No, Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. He's in the courtroom with his girlfriend. Oh, is too. Uh, oh she's great. Uh, yeah. Not Mona Lisa, but it's... Uh, well, go on. I know her. In the courtroom with this girl, and, and the judge is biased against the against uh, Joe Pesci completely. And he keeps giving ridiculous rulings for the other side. And Pesci gets up to complain, and the judge gavels him down. <laughs> You're out of order. And the and Pesci gets up to court. Put him in court. Your court is out of order. He <laughs> says, "You're in contempt of court." And he said, "I'm in contempt of this of this judge." Can I tell you something? You're mixing two movies. Okay. Uh, Justice Ball with uh, uh, Al Pacino. Okay. You're out of order. You're you should go right to jail. And Joe Pesci. But okay, they're both. You got it. We got it. That's good. So we've had a... Marissa Tomei. Okay. It took me a second. Yeah. She was great. So we've had a great show. And uh, I just want to uh, close with the thought that when people are asked, who is going to help your personal finances better? Trump 45, Biden 19. And who's more likely to get us into a war? Biden 49, Trump 39. I can live with that data all day long. And let me just say, let's do it one more, one more time. Fightlikeaflynnpack.com. Fightlikeaflynnpack.com. And we also talked about this guy. Proposal by Trump for an American Academy, which would stand as a knowledgeable oh, educational institution, offering credits in college and university and law school and everything else to Americans for free and revenue from taxing, fining, and suing excessively large private university endowment. That is Donald Trump on steroids. He says we spend more money on colleges than in the country and they're turning our students into communists and terrorists. Boy, he's got that right. Let's go, Trump. Thank Let's you, Dick Morris. It's always an honor to be here with you. 
Thank you so much. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.